0: Welcome to the Soul Revival Church podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Amen. Can we give God a shot of praise? Can we believe that today? That we can have joy in every battle because we know that's where he'll be. He will meet you exactly where you're at. I don't know what you're facing this morning. I know we're into a new year, but there's still residue and remnant of 2020 that I'm sure a lot of you are feeling. But you need to know that there is a God who is with you in every single battle. Can I get an amen? Oh, good morning, thank you for joining us. If you're a guest with us today, my name is TJ. My wife, Melissa, and I are lead pastors here at Soul Revival Church, and we're so thankful to have you with us. And as we step into a new year, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of things that are happening and taking place. And I'm sure some of you are feeling like, new year, new you, right? At least that's what every radio station and TV channel and all the worldly things will tell you, new year, new you. But then you're like, man, I'm still facing some of the same struggles The same doubts, the same frustrations, I gotta go back to work tomorrow. Anybody else there? (laughs) You had some time off, now you're getting ready to go back to work? You're like, man, I had a happy new year, and now I gotta go back to it. We've got our new year's resolutions. How many of you had a resolution? Yeah? Anybody online? What was your resolution? January 3rd. How many of you have already failed at those resolutions? (laughs) Oh, it happens. But you know what? I've got some encouragement for you today because even though it's a new year and you might be feeling like the same you, we still serve the same God. Let me say that again. We still serve the same God because whatever you faced over 2020 and into 21, you need to know that whatever fires you've been in the midst of, God is right there with you. He will be with you in the midst of anything that you face, any trial, any difficulty, any struggle. He is with you. And that's not going to change. 21., 20, 21. 21's the best number ever, and I'm not talking about the drinking age, so whoever was thinking that goes somewhere else with it. 21 was my favorite number as a football player. Deion Sanders, prime time. Can we call this your prime time? It's prime time. Prime time to do what God's called you to do. That's what we're going to talk about today. Prime time. I, I thought that was good. Anybody online, give us some amens, because I'm hopeful that it was the same in everyone's hearts here in this room. Prime time. That's not the title of the message. Some of you already start writing at the top of your notepad. If you don't have a notepad, you better get one out. Extra credit in heaven. Start the year off fresh. That's a bad joke. I use it a lot because I think it's funny. But I'm not sure if everyone else thinks it's as funny as I do. But taking notes makes it more real. If I was in class and I took a note, I remembered it better. But uh, we're going to be in Joshua 6. We're going to be in some of the Old Testament today. But Joshua 6 is a verse I want to read with you before we get started. But as you're opening to Joshua 6, if you don't have a Bible, that's cool. There's a Bible app that you can check it out, too, for free. Um, But I'm going to read it to you here in a moment. But I also want to let you know that if you're not familiar with the Bible or you've heard of the Bible and the Bible can be intimidating, you need to know that this is not a rule book of how you earn the love of God. God gives his love freely. This is a story, the greatest story ever told about a God who created the world in perfection, but mankind made a mistake through sin that separated us from God. But thankfully, through that separation, he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us. And this is the love story about how he came to get us back. So today in Joshua 6, I want to read from verse 20. Everybody there? It says, when the trumpet sounded, the people shouted. When the trumpet sounded, and the people shouted. I like that. And the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in, and they took the city. Now, the title of this message is Promised Land. Promised Land. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much. I thank you that you are here with us today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would rain down. I pray that you would speak through me, that you would help me get out of the way, because there's something you have to say today. There's someone's heart that you want to impact today so they can know that this is just the beginning of a life with you, God. That there's a calling and a purpose on their life to step into it fully based on what you want to do through them. So God, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Promised land. It can be used in different terminologies. Promised land could be an end zone. I was just talking about Deion Sanders. You get into the promised land. It's a deeply desired destination, the promised land, deeply desired destination. But as many things in our culture, in the world, the things that we see and think of and have different phrases and different definitions for start in a biblical form. And when we talk about promised land in the verse that I just read to you, this is about the land that God promised Moses the land flowing of milk and honey, the promised land that he said that they would be able to step into. So I wanna take us on a journey today to look at Moses' life a little bit and his apprentice Joshua. What did it look like to have the promised land, what God promised to them? Because as we look at a brand new year, we're living in maybe past promises, Frustrations, difficulties, how do we continue to move on? How do we step into a new space? How do we live in a way where God's calling us to do something greater than we even imagine, but we're so frustrated over what may have happened in the past? But you need to know today that God has not changed, that His promises are still true. And that's where we pick it up here with Moses. So, Moses, he was abandoned, he was orphaned because they were killing Israelite kids. He was sent down the river and he was taken in in Pharaoh's household, raised up there. But then he wanted to follow his culture, understand a little bit more about himself, where he came from. So he went to try to hang out with some Israelites. Then he saw him fighting with a guard, and, and then he killed a guard, and then flew into the wilderness for 40 years. For, could you imagine 40 years? Some of you are like, man, this 40-minute message might get me bored. 40 years in the wilderness, in the desert, 40 years. And then God appears to him in a bush. All those in Sunday school, you know where I'm going with this. And he starts talking to him in the bush and saying, hey, I have a land that is promised to you. I want you to go into Egypt. You're going to free my people and take them into the promised land. So he does it. And this is like paraphrase. I'm summarizing because I want to get to Joshua's life because Joshua's life is really cool in how God answers promises. But for Moses, he goes, he leads the people out of Egypt, convinces Pharaoh to let them go, and then he chases them. So this is the parted Red Sea. We were just singing about how God parts seas and lets them cross on dry land. And as they get to the other side, Moses had to say, yes, I'm going to step into my calling in order to be able to lead people, in order to take them there. And Some of you need to know today, God's calling you to something. There's a cost to your calling. There is a cost to your calling. It's not something that comes easily. He had to stand up and have courage to go back to lead a people that he wasn't even a part of for so many years and lead them out. There's a cost to our calling. And it's gonna pull you out of your comfort zone. Who likes to be comfortable? Nice snowy day, hanging out on the couch, cuddled up in a blanket. I love to be comfortable too, watch a movie, hang out. But God's calling us out of those comfort zones. Say, man, there might be a cost to this call that I've played on your life, but. There's a plan and a purpose for it. And Moses responded to that, leading the people out of Egypt. And as they crossed to the other side, here's what's funny. The people immediately go, all right, what are we going to do for food? Where are we going to go? Maybe it was better where we just came from. Anybody else ever fall into those same traps, those same struggles? That God answers a prayer and you turn it into a problem. You look and say, man, this has now become a problem for me because when I was a slave in Egypt, at least they gave me food. At least I knew what to expect. Sometimes it's easier to live in a state where it might not be the best, but you know what you're going to expect, or that's what we tell ourselves. And they're asking Moses, can we just go back? He says, no, God has promised us the land flowing with milk and honey. There's a promised land that he has for us that he's asking us to listen, to follow him to amen amen and then guess what happens frosted flakes start falling from the sky manna people think it's like bread there's really no clear understanding of what it is so i like to envision it like snowflakes god's not tony the tiger though he's so much greater and better than that i said greater that was not intentionally great no <laughs> oh But they're fed, they're given what they need, and then they're traveling through the wilderness and they get to a place where they're about to now step into the land that God had promised. It's about a year journey that they took to get there. But the people of Israel were like, all right, we've now arrived. Hey, Moses, can we please send some people in there to check it out? Make sure it's okay, make sure it's everything that God said that it would be. And God's like, okay, I'll let you send 12 people, one person from each tribe. Go ahead, send them over. He sends them for 40 days and says, now go, scope out the land, come back, let me know what's there. And here's how they respond. It says, we went into the land, and I'm in Numbers 13, so if you're following along today. So we're really going through five books of the Bible. So for those of you who are doing your year, your one-year Bible plan, you just got five books in this summary. I'm just playing. You should go back. There's lots of really cool stuff along the way. But in Numbers 13, it says, We went into the land of which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. They actually found grapes that they took two men to have to carry it out to bring it back. Think about that for a second. Could you lift some grapes and you couldn't carry it? How big would that bunch of grapes need to be? Two men, carry it out. They bring it back, and they're saying, yes, it's everything that God promised us. It's everything it was supposed to be. The promised land is everything that it should be. So they run right into it, right? Would you? When you see evidence of what God promised to you, and you see it there, and you're like, all right, it's mine for the taking. I should go in and do it. I'm ready for it. Are you? But look at how they respond after that. Man, everything God promised and more was there. But they go, but the people who lived there were powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak. Like, how easily can this be at times? God calls you to something and you're like, yeah, but that job's not good enough for me. There's somebody more talented. That girl's out of my league. My wife's out of my league and I still took a shot. Thank God. Woo! Stepped into it. But we can allow ourselves to play tricks and say, you know what, I'm not good enough for that. I'm not qualified. God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for available people. And he's saying, look, there's something I've promised you and you cannot discount your ability to step into that purpose. But the first thing they start doing is saying, oh, it's everything God promised. But look at these people are big and scary. There's no way we can defeat them. Man, we let fear set root. We let fear take hold of us. We need to fix our focus. Fix our focus from the fear that we're seeing to the fruit God's promising. The fear that we're feeling and the faith that God says can move mountains. He says faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. We just need a little bit of faith, just a little bit of faith. And we can make a change that no one could imagine. But we don't want to fight the battles because we think people look too big or too strong. I can't get out of that relationship it's too difficult that drug addiction that alcoholism that i can't get past i cannot i see the other side i know that i have a better life ahead of me i had an opportunity to hang out with my kids over christmas but it keeps pulling me back and i can't let go god's saying i've promised you something don't look around keep your focus fixed on him because he wants to lead you out of it he wants to give you all the things that he has promised But their initial response is to say, but look how big they are. Look at the people we're battling. There's no way that we could win. They were released from Egypt. Pharaoh, they convinced them to let them go. They walked across some water and it parted open and it was dry. As they watched behind them, it fell and took out the Egyptians. They have frosted flakes coming from the sky. They see everything God promised, but still they doubt. What are you doubting today? What are the things in your life today that you're saying, you know what, I know God promised me that. I can see it, but there's so many giants scaring me. There's so many struggles I'm facing, so many things that I'm not willing to fight, to go up against, to step out into the unknown. And that's their response, but look at how big they are. What are you focused on today? Are you focused on God's promise or your pessimism? Yeah, I know God promised that, but I'm not good enough. I don't think I can do that. We have got to remain focused on the promises that God has given us. We launched a church over a year ago in a Horlick High School. Our prayer was by now we would see multiple services, not because the size of people is something to measure, but changed hearts in a healthy church. The response of that is seeing people grow and living healthily in their relationship with Jesus. And we're live streaming from a location much smaller than that. But we have to say, you know what, God, you had a promise, though, and we're going to keep pursuing you passionately. We have team members helping us find a way to stream this online right now so we can still move the message of who Jesus is. You can't give up. You can't look at the giants and say, well, I don't know how to do that, and I'm done. We can't allow that to happen. We have to fix our focus on the Father and the promises that he offers See, but I love Caleb. Then Caleb, Caleb and Joshua were two of the 12. So he sent 12 in, two of them, Joshua and Caleb. And Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. He's trying to encourage them, get them pumped. Like I was there for 40 days. I was there and I saw everything that God promised. We can do this because if God says it's ours, we can take it. If God has put that on your heart, if he has called in you, if he has affirmed it, if he continues to open up doorways to lead you into the promised land, you cannot say no right when you're at the doorstep of it. We can't do it. We have to be willing to say, yes, I'm willing to keep pushing through. And Caleb saw it. He was trying to let people know, we can do this. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw, they're a great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers. The world will try to make you feel small. Like you're inadequate, like you're not good enough. And then you start to believe it. That old voice in your head. Will affirm all the doubts and the things the world wants to say about you. And that's what they started believing. For 40 days, they go into this land, they see everything that's there, but their focus is on the wrong things. They tell everyone, we cannot go there. We have to stop turning our blessings into burdens, we have to stop turning answered prayers into problems. Like, all right, God called me to this. He answered my prayers. I remember celebrating all that he did. He got me that job. But now my boss is frustrating and I don't know what to do. I prayed to get married and now I'm married, but my marriage is feeling rough. There's fights and there's tension. I don't know what to do. Do I give up? Do I scale back? No, you press into it. Those are promises God had given you, and now because the road gets a little bit tough, you need to look at it. Now you need to see it as an opposition that's coming at you for a reason. You've become a threat when you step into your purpose, when you step into the promises that God has for your life. Don't let doubt deter you from stepping into it. See, because here's what happens. 10 of the 12, they say, I'm giving it a bad report. Two of the 12 say, no, it's a good report. What kind of report are you gonna give about God and his promises? Because that 10 took over, and they did not go and take the land that God offered. It's got to be hard. I think about Caleb. I think about Joshua. Because not only did they stand up in that moment to say, we need to press into it, but because they did that, everyone else said, we should stone them. We should stone them right now because we were supposed to step into that land. We see all these giants, but they're still confident for some reason. So let's just kill them. Let's kill the dream. Let's kill the promise. Because they trusted in it. They had hope in it. You got to watch out sometimes. You might face friendly fire following the Father. You might face some friendly fire when following the Father. When you follow God's promise for your life, some people might come at you because they don't have the courage and the confidence to step into the things that you're feeling called to. But do not let that silence you. Do not let that quiet you. And even for a season, if you fall into a place where you have to wait where people aren't coming with you to something God's called you to do, you say, all right, God, but what's the last thing you asked me to do? I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to continue to trust you, even if the promise being answered doesn't look the way that I might have expected. I'm going to trust God for that, because I know he's got a plan through it. I know he's going to do something that I could never imagine. See, and the difficulty here, because of the 10 and their influence on everyone— God told Moses that you or anyone else that was on this side of things, that didn't believe the whole generation, you will not see the promised land. They didn't get to see it. So they put them out for 40 more years into the wilderness. One year for every day they got to go and see what God promised, but then they were reluctant in stepping into it. For 40 more years. Could you imagine being Joshua and Caleb? Like, man, we were right there. We saw the promise that God had for us. We saw what we were capable of. God was saying, go in and take what's yours because I have said it will be, so it will be. And for 40 years, after, wait. You ever get caught in a season of waiting? We had a whole series called In the Waiting because we're always waiting on something. And it can be challenging to be in a season of waiting. But then as time progressed, and Moses was getting ready to pass away. In Deuteronomy eight, Moses is talking to Joshua here. And he says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You hear that verse a lot, I'm sure. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. See, God works in so many incredible ways because Joshua, here he is 40 years later, remained true to Moses despite not getting to step into the promised land. And now he's going to be taking over the mantle of leadership that Moses had. And I love the way that God is and the Holy Spirit and the way it works because if you have the Bible app yesterday, this was the verse of the day. And this message was already prepared with this verse. So seeing God affirm that, like really? Like these are the things we want. We want to know that he'll never leave you or forsake you, that God is with you. But now you know the context behind it. That Joshua had been with Moses from the start. He had seen the promised land, but then had to wait for 40 more years. And Moses is saying, look, you're about to take on this mantle of leadership. Don't get discouraged. Don't be dismayed. God is with you. He's for you. He's going to help you. He will take you to the promised land. And in Joshua 1, after Moses dies the Lord appears to Joshua and says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. We need to be strong and courageous. Some of you are going into a new job maybe to start the year. Maybe you're having to go back into the workplace for the first time in months because you've been working from home and it causes all these feelings that you might be having right now. Be strong and courageous. He will not forsake you. If you are pursuing the promises of God, his protection will be with you. If you are pursuing the promises of God, his protection will be with you. His protection might look differently than we might expect though because we might face some challenges, but it's all about refining us to prepare us for what he has for us. Joshua, Caleb, waiting 40 years, but now here God is speaking to him. Have I not commanded you in Joshua 1.9? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. He continues to tell him to be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. We have to choose faith over fear. We've got to fix our focus so we're looking at the faith that God has for us. He continues to remind him that you do not need to be afraid when you were walking in step with God. And I love to tell our boys, like, it's not wrong to be afraid. God's saying do not fear in a way to say that I know life is scary. Things can be hard. There can be challenges that we face. But we can be brave and we can do it despite the fear that we're facing. We can step into uncomfortable situations because God's got a plan and a purpose through it all. So then Joshua goes back, and in Joshua 1, to 11, it says, he orders his officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Get ready. We're about to do something awesome. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan. Here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. So God comes and talks to him and says, hey, anywhere you step, I'll give you. Be brave, be courageous. Things might be scary right now, but I'm going to give you the promises I offered. He didn't even take a moment to wait. He goes, tells everybody, round up the troops. In three days, we're taking what God promised us. He'd already been there one time where they didn't do it, and he just saw 40 years pass with no progress. Do you feel stuck in a state of no progress? Like, man, you've been doing the same thing in a cycle, but what promises have you not stepped into? What has God called you to do that you said? You know what? I'll put that off later, or I'll let somebody else do it. Not Joshua. All right, round up the troops. Let's go. Then he sends two spies. It doesn't say in the Bible who they were, but they believe it was Caleb and another high priest. Because Caleb was the one that came back with a good report last time. Well, he didn't tell anybody about it. This is a secret mission. Last time everybody knew about it, and everybody got polluted, and everybody got afraid. So I'm just sending two people in there. Hey, go check out Jericho, go to the center of the city the center of the promised land. Go in there and come back and just let me know what we're up against. So he sends them in. They go. They hang out at a prostitute's house. Says it in the Bible. (laughs) Sorry, I had to laugh there because, you know, I'll say that for another day. They went and hung out with a prostitute. But she hid him there and it was a safe place to hide out because not a lot of people of prosperity are going to hang out there. And she, here's what, here's what Rahab says to him, and I love it. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in the country are melting in fear because of you. So they were afraid to go into the promised land, but in the meantime, everybody in the promised land was afraid of them. See, when you walk in faith, your, your fear, your fear is preventing you from stepping into the promises of God. But your faith causes fear to those you fear. That might have sounded confusing. I'm going to say it again. The people that you're afraid of, your strong faith will make them afraid. Because you have the righteousness of God with the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We have the power and authority to walk in step with God in all that he's called us to do. So why do we fear? Why do we not press into it? So now these two come back, they talked to Joshua, and they said, the spies said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. They didn't come back this time and say there were some giants. There's some things to be afraid of. We can't handle this. No, they came back and said, they're afraid of us. Now's the time. Man, we got to let go of Fear. It's okay. It's okay to feel it deep in, but we have to say, you know what? But my faith is stronger. My God is bigger. My God is bigger than any circumstance that I face. And sometimes I don't know why I'm in a season of waiting or why I go through turmoil or what's happening around me, but I can trust that His promise will be fulfilled. So He's got them ready to go. And then they cross the Jordan. To remind you of anything, the Red Sea parting. Now you have Joshua leading them across the Jordan. High tide, crazy weather elements, worst time of the year to even try to like take a little paddle boat to get across. But they're given a plan where the high priest step out with the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God in the Old Testament, and it parts. Everyone crosses on dry land into the promised land. Everyone steps into the promised land but now is they're there, that's not the end of it, right? They didn't just step over there and say, okay, we got it. It can be hard because God puts the promise on your heart and you pursue it. But then it doesn't just get given to you right away. It requires some effort, it requires some work. But because it's his promise, you can trust that whatever you're going to face in that moment, it's going to come to fruition. You don't let, have to let that deter you from continuing forward. So they cross to the other side. And in Joshua 6, 1, it says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. They were afraid. They knew they had crossed over. They probably caught wind of the fact that this sea or the river was just parted. They were on the other side. They're like, all right, lock it down. Sometimes we think when something's locked down, it means, oh, sorry, this must be a roadblock. This must be the end of it. When we planted Soul Revival Church, we were told no so many times. But we felt that calling so strong in our hearts that this is what God has called us to do so we can see people's lives changed and transformed through the hope and love of Jesus. That we can live in community so that people don't have to do life alone. This is what we were called to so we will not take no for an answer. When God calls you to something and he affirms that promise through other people, you cannot let one barricade hold you back. You must press through. Take it as a positive sign that, okay, they're intimidated by me. I'm following my purpose, so I'm being blocked. But God is bigger than that. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. You could be been like, what? what are you talking about? The doors are locked. I can't get in. What do you mean? You, you promise like we get this? Man, talk about living in a promise seeing and and here's the thing it can be challenging to believe the promises god has because it's not like you're visibly seeing god say hey go and do this i get it but that's why you need to live in community with people that can affirm what god's calling you to do you need to spend time in prayer you need to spend time in god's word where he's leading and guiding your heart but you need to remind yourself of the past promises that he's answered The things that he's done before to bring you to that moment to say, God did it before, he'll do it again. He's with me. My faith is bigger than the fear that I'm feeling. So he affirms the promise before, before they ever even get through the gates. And then he gives them some weird instructions. He says, all right, for the next seven days, here's what you need to do. For the first six days, walk one time around the walls of Jericho playing some trumpets, but no one else say a sound. Just play the trumpets, walk along with them. But on the seventh day, I want you to walk around it seven times. Seven is the number of perfection with God. Walk around it seven times, playing the trumpet. And when I tell you to, give a battle cry, a shout, and the walls will fall. You'll do some crazy things when you're following God. You'll do some things like, ah. Uh, So I'm just going to walk around this wall and give it a shout and it's going to fall down. But they have belief for it. So they did it. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And the first six days they do, as they were told. And on the seventh day, I'm in Joshua 6.15, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout. Can we shout? Hey! We can do better than that. On the other side of the screen, can we shout? Ah! I'm ready to do a battle cry. You might feel uncomfortable. I think we're not going into enough battles. I feel good with a battle cry. I'm ready for whatever battles ahead because I know my God has brought me there. That the fight we're about to face has a purpose because it's a promise on the other side of it. So they show up and they shout for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. God has a promise for our life. He's given us the promised land. What does the promised land look like for you? Because when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. God wants to rip down the walls that are circling you right now and have you imprisoned God wants to rip down the walls that are preventing you from stepping into your destiny. But are you going in? Are you following what God's called you to? Are you living out the purpose that he has for your life so you can step into the promises he has? We're willing to do it with you. You're not alone. We get to do it together. They were all marching around that city together. And on the seventh day, those walls came down. God wants to take some walls down in your life. He wants to let you step into the promised land that he has for you. So everyone charged straight in. Can we say everyone? He didn't say just some of them. Everyone, everyone was on board with this promise. Everyone charged in. And they took the city. Five words, and they took the city. Look at this road that they faced all along the way. From Moses to Joshua answered promise after answered promise ultimately you get to the land promised to them by God see in a year of new resolutions the ones that you may have failed at, you're really pushing through right now in this new year there's one same resolution that does not change and will always be successful that resolution is what God said Because in the Old Testament, they saw God respond that day to bring the walls down. But in the New Testament, we see God send his son to die for our sin. That resolution is that he's bringing reconciliation to our entire world through restoration. Reconciliation, making us right with God through a relationship with Jesus because we can't do it on our own. New year, same resolution, and I am so thankful for that because God will never leave you or forsake you because he is with you till the end of his days. Oh, he's got a purpose for our lives, but we got to be willing to step into it. We got to be willing to fight. You're going to be one of the 10 or one of the two because I want to come in with a good report. Like, all right, God has promised me that. I'm stepping into it. New year, new you. The new year's not making it a new you, but you know who can make you new? Jesus. Jesus will bring new life. He brings dead things to life. Who I once was is gone. All my sin, all my struggles, all the pain, everything I've ever faced, I get to lay at the feet of Jesus because he gave me new life. He wants to do the same for you. He wants to give you new life. He wants to help you step into a purpose that he has for your life because there's a promised land for you on the other side of it. And I pray that you're willing to step into it today, that you're willing to say, yes, I want new life in Jesus. I'm going to trust that same resolution because mine might fail, but his never will. That same resolution is bringing reconciliation, bringing us back to God through him restoring this world through Jesus we all get to live into it. We all get to accept that promise. We need to take that into our hearts to know that he is with us and he is for us, never against us. So we might face some challenges at times. Life might not always be easy, but he will fulfill his promise. We need to trust him. We need to allow our faith to be stronger than our fear. And if you're with us here today, online, in the room, and you've never made a decision to step into a relationship with Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity right now. For you to say, you know what? I want the old me to be gone. I want it to be a new me today. Not because the year changed, but because Jesus changed me. And if that's you, I'm going to say pray with you right now. And you can let us know in the comments section. We'll put a link in there. We'd love to come alongside you and celebrate it with you. Or tell a friend, tell someone who sent you this link. Let you know about Soul Revival Church. Let them know because I promise you they've been praying for you. That promise that you were going to step into a relationship with Jesus might be their promised land today. But share it with someone. But I want you to pray this with me right now. God, I thank you so much. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me, but that he rose again. I'm sorry for my mistakes and all the sins in my life, God. I want to put them all aside and step into relationship with you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you'll never leave me. I thank you that you'll never forsake me, but that you are with me. God, we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.